I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Your Own Personal Beatles, a podcast about the Beatles with me, Jack Pelling. And it's me, Robin Allender. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I said that in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, fine, thanks. How are you? How was your holiday? I'm not too bad. I've yeah, been on holiday, which is fantastic. I tried to have a whole week without uh, listening or reading about the Beatles, which I mostly succeeded at. I did watch uh, Living in the Material World on nice. the plane, which yeah. I hadn't seen for a very long time, just because I forgot that it was on my laptop, um, which is fantastic. It's such mm. a brilliantly honest portrait um, was this made around the time the, 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 that album came out, or was it? After? No, no. Yeah. So it's the Martin Scorsese documentary. Oh, the Scorsese um, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, From yeah. probably yeah. ten years ago, mm, maybe a yeah. bit more. And the first half is not that interesting because it sort of covers quite well-trodden Beatle territory. But the second half um, is sort of a much more untold story of his retreatment from public life and. Mm his stuff with the Wilburys and the more unpleasant sides of his character and his sort of mm. philandering and things, right. which they admirably keep all of that kind of stuff in, even yeah. though it sort of uh, features a lot of stuff with his family. And it's sort of, it's a very loving portrait, but I, I mean, Martin Scorsese, who knew, very good at making films. <laughs> yeah. So if you like uh, Martin Scorsese and uh, and the Bob Dylan documentary that he made, which is also incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise I took the time to uh, just eat a lot of food, drink a lot of wine. But how about you? Well, this week, I had a good week. Uh, in the first episode, you might remember me saying that I've never seen Let It Be. So mm. I watched Let It Be this week and it obviously made me realise I've got huge gaps in my knowledge. And it made me think about how, um, you know, like, do you know when you're at school and you might read about Queen Victoria and you get a very simplistic idea about Queen Victoria and then you might go to GCSE and you might realise actually it's a bit more complicated. You know, was she a goodie? Was she a baddie? Are there even goodies or baddies? And you might go to A-level and get another, mm. so you might read more. And it feels like that with the Beatles, like, you know, you have a very simplistic idea about what Let It Be was. You know, it's this conflicted period. They were breaking up. And then you might read a bit more and you think, actually, they were kind of getting on, but then George left and then came back. And then you might read a bit more. Like Apparently the Peter Jackson film mm. is going to show the, the whole sessions in a slightly different light. You yeah. Know? So what that was what I was really struck about, is that I was expecting it to be really bad and painful to watch, but it was just like, I mean, have you ever seen a band practising? That is like what yeah. <laughs> bands practising are generally like, like someone's being yeah. annoying and you do loads <laughs> of stupid jams. Or well, trying you know, to do anything creative, you know. Yeah. And I can't imagine how hard it would be when people are pointing cameras at you and there's under right. pressure to make the best record ever made. Yeah, exactly. And so they're obviously like tense bits, the famous tense bits. But there are also bits where like John and Yoko are like dancing and waltzing around. Yeah. And there are bits so where like, you know, they're like having a great time and doing all those rock and roll covers. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's it's weird. It just makes you think that there's so much about to talk about with the Beatles and so much material surrounding them. 
that it's very hard to avoid making those snap judgments about things. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, Absolutely, yeah. And that's why there's so many, you know, you can read so many books that argue completely different points right. and people yeah. still fight about the main issues yeah, yeah. today. It's crazy. It's, can we? Can I just say that was about the fourth take of me saying that as we tried to think of an appropriate historical figure to compare it to <laughs> and we ended up with Queen Victoria somewhat randomly. I think we found a good one in I the tried end. to do the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. That's what I think I was struck by, this kind of idea. that It's hard to kind of get to grips with the Beatles' legacy because there is so much information out there about it that you're never going to have the mm. final word on it. Like, you know. And so watching yeah. Let It Be was great because it was an- another bit of the puzzle for me. But then it kind of, you know, you have more questions than I started with, you know. So yeah, that's definitely. what's going to be really interesting about the Peter Jackson film, I think, to see the different spin on that, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, so later on, we're going to be talking to uh, the amazing writer and comedian Josie Long about um, some of her sort of personal Beatles. There's some really interesting chats in there about, um, well, we talked about loads of stuff, including her uh, introduction to the Beatles, which is very similar to mine, which is uh, listening to Sgt Pepper on a parent's record player. Talks about things like her hatred of Yellow Submarine and then mm. lots of fun tangents. Yeah, I, I really like the stuff about her, you know, her daughter loves Blackbird and back in the USSR. And so they're lovely, you know, I, there's some nice kind of emotional moments, I thought, when she was talking about that. But then we quickly yeah. got on the tangent and started talking about Gomez, Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of, but it was basically, it's, I mean, it's, this is a podcast about music, really, isn't it? It's a, it's, you, we start with the Beatles and talk about music. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that very much fills the the remit. So mm. just before we got into that, we, uh, we've we got a couple of emails that I wanted to read out. The first one was actually a, a correction. A couple of weeks ago, we read out a fantastic uh, email about the Beatles eating habits, if you remember that. Um, mm. And we were provided with some fantastic Beatle food puns. Yeah, I think I called you Gareth. I'm very sorry, Gavin. It's definitely Gavin Libert. So I just wanted to clear that up and say I'm very sorry about that. Um, we've got another email in from a guy called Michael Cunningham from Northern Ireland who had a really interesting uh, Beatles-related story that I thought I would read out about his aunt. Um, he is a musician as well, and um, we'll put a link somewhere where you can go and see his stuff. He's done a really cool cover of Don't Let Me Down. Um, but he says uh, in a blog post that he sent us, My auntie Margaret was born in 1935 and trained in Belfast as a nurse. She knew I was a big Beatle fan and once told me one of her patients was Yoko Ono. Now, this just fascinated me. She worked in some very prestigious private hospitals in London in the 1950s and 60s. A pregnant Yoko Ono was admitted to the Queen Charlotte's Hospital in London, but sadly a few days after she had a miscarriage. John stayed by her bedside and ended up sleeping on the floor of her hospital room. They were so impressed with the care Margaret gave them that as they were leaving the hospital, they gave her a signed copy of an album. The note on the album said, To Margaret, thanks for everything, from John and Yoko. This was November 1968, and the signed album was probably the controversial Two Virgins record, which Mm. was released on the 11th of November that year. The album was controversial because it had naked photos of John and Yoko on the cover, and Auntie Margaret wouldn't have been impressed with that at all, so she gave it away. (laughs) 
Sadly, my auntie Margaret died in 1995. I've crawled the internet to try and find it, which is like looking for a needle in a haystack. But it's not really about the money. I'm so pleased Margaret was there to help the Lennons in the time of need, so much that John gave her a signed copy of his record. Anyway, if you happen to come across a signed copy of a John and Yoko or Beatle album reading To Margaret from John and Yoko, please drop me a line. I would love to see it. Oh, that's nice. Well... You never know. Yeah. Um, so if anyone does find that, then please do get in contact with us. Um, or for anything else, for that matter, uh, you can tell us about some of your formative Beatles stories. And we read all of your emails and we try and read out as many as we can. So thanks so much for all the people that sent them in. Um, and for all the people that have written us lovely reviews, especially on uh, Apple Podcasts and ACAS, where it matters the most. Um, we've you know, got a few this week that we're really sort of flattered by and it really you know helps other people find the podcast. So yeah, it's very kind of you to do so so please continue uh, if you want to support the show you can go to uh, personalbeatles.com forward slash donate and help us cover the costs of it we've got some amazing guests coming up and um, we want to keep going from sort of strength to strength so that also really helps um, and then yeah just follow us as normal on social media if you want to get in contact there we're at personal beatles on twitter instagram and spotify social meds <laughs> so for now, let's get on with the show. Here is the absolutely fantastic Josie Long. Robin and I are delighted this week to be joined by writer and comedian Josie Long. Hello, Josie Long. Hello, and I'm glad you put writer at the front because I have that's all I can do for that's now. Great. It's a comedian. <laughs> you should be former comedian. <laughs> and future writer. That's yeah. But you did uh, you did a gig the other day though, didn't you? Your first of uh, did you not do the drive-in ones? Oh yeah, but those I don't know if those count. Those are like uh, performing to people while they're in their cars, and instead of hearing laughter, you hear them honking their horns. Really, <laughs> they honk their horns. Yeah, it, was, it is fucking dystopian. Oh my god. Because I, I listened Max. to, um, I really like David O'Doherty released a Bandcamp album, which was yeah. like live in his car. But he had to do that thing you do where you're sort of like, the audience isn't laughing. So he sort of rushes into the next joke as if it's doing going really badly. You know? <laughs> it's, it's a brutal thing. I do a lot yeah. of um, stuff on Twitch at the moment. And right. I genuinely get people to comment in the chat. Ha 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 ha. And then I live for that. I'm like... <laughs> dying for that and then yeah. when i see like lots of like ha ha ha, ha or like a little <laughs> laughing emoji then i'm like oh it's brilliant well. finally it's going and you well. can sort of have a glass of water to kind of, <laughs> just let like, it rack up. Well, rolling laughs also there's like a 30 second delay so you have to then factor in okay 30 seconds ago i was doing that bit so that bit went down well <laughs> right yeah and this bit is dying yeah i sort of be, i've been doing a lot of online tutoring during lockdown, that's how I kind of necessity being the mother of invention. That's how I sort of try was getting by. Mm. But I try and do sort of jokes and things. But there is that you have to sort of think for thirty seconds. Oh, this isn't going very well, and then they sort of laugh. And you know. yeah, and then are you teaching people all around the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a guitar student in Saudi Arabia. Wow, nice. mm. yeah. amazing! <laughs> Which is cool. Have you been podcasting during this? Time oh as yeah, well, too yeah, bloody much, man. <laughs> Me and my friend Robin Ince do a kind of books podcast, and yeah. during lockdown for the first kind of twelve weeks, we basically mm. did a show every day, and it yeah, was just it was us... great. I saw some of those. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's just both of us mm-hmm. being like, 
how do we not lose our minds? <laughs> and so we're just like, welcome to our morning show. <laughs> and you're doing that every day? Uh, five days a week and then wow. I would do something else on a Sunday and he would do something else on a Saturday. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> it puts us to shame with our yeah. work ethic. Well, I don't know about that. I think it was just absolutely forged from pure panic. Have you listened to much music during lockdown? Or? Uh, oddly, less than normal, uh, with the exception of uh, an Australian artist called The Wiggles. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, I don't know uh, The Wiggles. They are a children's band. A children's band for two-year-olds. And they, mm. they, they've got some absolutely solid bangers. I'm not even going to yeah. dispute. Uh, what's, I, a, what's a classic Wiggles? I can see clearly now I've got my glasses on. <laughs> wow. That's it's, clever stuff. No, <laughs> I, it's thought-provoking. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I put on a lot of that. Um, yeah. I, I Oddly, I find myself listening to more podcasts than mm. before. And then putting on music in a really crappy way of like i'll have music on in the background when i'm writing which doesn't really feel like yeah. listening to music it just feels mm. like taking advantage of music mm. in a bad way i find it very hard to like your podcasts have been a massive blessing in my life for the past you know 10 years or whatever but i do feel like i'm cheating on music a bit mm. by just how much i listen to them and i have to stop myself just like raging through the podcasts and actually listening to some new music because that's what I, I just I think I've, I found myself kind of not listening to as much new music as I normally would because you sort yeah. of just feel sad because it's like oh I'd love to see this band on tour oh yeah you know and it's just I think I've just been you know, going also, back. it's such a strange time and so people were releasing music that was applicable to circumstances prior to this yeah yeah so do you feel like all art somehow needs to be able to engage with this or I don't know like I don't know it's so tricky isn't it because yeah. maybe in a year I don't want anything that's engaging with this <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah there's yeah. a song by this really sweet uh group that I found via somebody sharing a TikTok on Twitter which is just the bleakest thing in the world but um <laughs> it's called um Avenue Beat which is like I think two or three very sweet women about 20 years younger than me. And they've got a song called <laughs> F2020, which is just her saying fuck 2020 in a very <laughs> right, sweet way. That's so, that's and so, and it's also very, it's very like a different stage of life to me because this yeah. girl's like singing um, in December 2019, I lifted up a beer and I said to everyone, 2020 is going to be my year, bitches. Uh, and then it's like, <laughs> My cat died, and then a global pandemic took over my life. <laughs> and I'm like, babe, the cat bit is really not the headline. You've buried the leader yeah. here. <laughs> but um, it's a great song. But other than that, what have I been listening to? I've been listening to Nina Simone because nice. I haven't for years. Mm. Um, I've been listening to Jeff Buckley, who I was obsessed with as a teenager and then didn't give right. a damn about for a long time. Mm. Um, Phil Oaks. Last night I was in... Um... Ruth and I were in a taxi coming back. Um, it was quite a long journey. And I, I, sorry, this sounds incredibly pretentious, but the yeah. driver said, like, oh, what is there a radio station you'd like to put on? And I said, Radio 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but then it was, it was like Late Junction or oh, a program like that. So yeah. it's like yeah, basically yeah. a sound of kind of a violin being dropped on the floor mm. but I sort of had to really double down on it and say yeah this oh uh, yeah I'm in, I'm in <laughs> and then it was like a field recording of like cars driving by which is, like, which is like 
you know what you you know we don't need the field recording we've actually got cars driving by and then yeah you should have recorded that and it would have been a sort yeah of they dropped Cage's us off experiment. and like he, he pressed the off button on the radio very quickly probably about as quickly as he gave me a one star rating as well i don't know <laughs> i think yeah. you've got to normalize radio three yeah right I love a bit of Radio yeah. 3, why not? I love Radio 3 mm. so um, much. I love, do you listen to it in the morning? Very oh, relaxing. I used to. Um, yeah. But then my daughter, who's a demon, learned how to turn off the radio and shout, no music, no music. Okay. <laughs> so we don't listen to that. <laughs> Too much music in the world. Well, um, speaking of music, I mean, this is a podcast about the Beatles, so we should probably mention them, really, shouldn't we? Do you like the Beatles? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone who Very says they don't me. like the Beatles is a liar and a churl. <laughs> Yeah, chill. And <laughs> um, what's your sort of? Uh, where, how did you get into the Beatles? Or was it one of those kind of things that was always? No, it's one of the few bands that I've got like a clear remembrance of the origin story. Oh, great! And it's that yeah. when I was about, I think eight or nine, I really, really was a, became aware of my parents' record player and my parents' record collections. Mm. And about the only thing, like, my mum had a few Donovan albums, but she had, like, ten Beatles albums, uh, and, oh, which who which were then stolen, in the most part, by my sister's uh, second fiancé, Anthony. Oh, shit. Motherfucker. He stole, he stole Rubber Soul. He stole Abbey Road. He stole, like, most of the good ones. And all I managed to steal was uh, Revolver and uh, Sergeant Pepper, which, you know, I don't regret. If you can, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. But um, what did you, when he stole them, do you, do you mean like he borrowed them and didn't give them back or he actually was... He literally came around the house and stole them. Jesus Christ. And my mum never saw them again. <laughs> but my mum, yeah. I've never known my mum really to listen to music, apart from like sort right. of in the car. So it was just this thing that when my parents weren't in the room, I would get out Sergeant Pepper and put that mm. on and be like, nice. what is this? Amazing. Um, yeah. And sort so of. So this is quite young. So like eight and nine, you think? Yeah, maybe 10. Yeah. But it mm. was. So my parents got divorced when I was 12 and we moved pretty sharpish. So it was before that and it was definitely before i was at senior school Mm. because once i was at senior school i could tell you like month by month what music i was listening to (laughs) so so was the beatles like your first musical awakening or was it just something that you listened to and like because or or was it kind of i think it was quite a musical awakening for me you know i think definitely sergeant pepper was like probably the first album that i listened to on my own Mm. For, and it sort mm. of was like what the f- like the benefit of Mr. Kite like what the yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> like you like and I'd be there and I do and I do still maintain this kind of attitude to Beatles records that like for fucks like you'll be loving a song and then there's just a fucking stupid song yeah. <laughs> with you. like you'll be loving a song and then they the three of them went out i used to have some stand-up about this about how they were recording revolver and george and john and paul were like oh getting a bit tired now i'm gonna go <laughs> i can't do an accent as you can tell <laughs> go, uh, ringo we're gonna go to the shop and buy some egg sandwiches what accent even is this <laughs> hey, ringo, we're gonna go to the shop and buy some egg sandwiches 
what, what can you look after the studio while we're in the shop and Ringo's like yeah yeah of course and they're like just one thing Ringo can you promise me you're not going to record a fucking shit kid song onto the album while we're out no no of course not in the town fucking bollocks um so basically that's yeah uh, I started out uh, <laughs> listening to Sgt. Pepper and just being mm. like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, uh, come on, uh, a Day in the Life. That was the one that I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. I mean, I think that's yeah. Like my experience with Sgt. Pepper is definitely it's not one I go back to a great deal because I think when I'm 64 is rubbish. Ah, yeah, this is exactly <laughs> it. It's like they build something beautiful and then they're yeah. like. Every yeah. every summer we think, a cottage. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Did you even think that when you were eight though? Because yeah. I remember finding that quite like charming when I was eight. No, yeah. I was over it because I was like, "Don't patronise me. <laughs> Give me the good stuff." The ones I really couldn't deal with was um, "Good Morning, Good Morning." Yeah, that. I mean, that is. Um, I found those sort of compressed brass absolutely <gasps> terrifying as right. a child. They're so like sort of intrusive and stabby and right. What's the line know, in? The... Hang on, when I'm 64, when he's talking about Vera, Vera Chuck and Dave, Vera Chuck, Chuck. and Dave, yeah, Chuck, Vera Chuck and Dave. Chuck. I remember like that it was played at um, uh, a school concert. Someone performed it, and my parents just were like. In the, I mean, they loved the Sergeant Pepper, but in the car back, they were like quoting it as if it was like an amazing line, which made me think that I think my dad always mm. liked the Beatles for those kind of northern isms, as it were. But yeah, it's, I it's just very of, poor. Isn't yeah, it is. But I was sort of quite impressed, like the way that Dad would be quoting it almost as if it was like an, from an Alan Bennett kind of play, which I suppose is not a million miles it's, away, you know. Yeah, well, that's what it's. It's supposed to be that sort of kitchen sinky. Yeah, and I thought that's really. Thing, I mean, that's it? what's so lo- lovely about that. Although I do still hate that song. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard one of the worst things that's that's ever happened? James Corden. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's not just too dissimilar to that. Is they did a Beatles covers album. I think for charity, yeah. but it's the bad outweighed the good. And Russell Brown did a cover of um, I'm when I'm of uh, when I'm. No, that's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever fucking heard. But in he's my done life. it in uh, he does it in this really sort of like when I get older, <laughs> losing the air sort of thing, yeah. like uh, Arthur Atkinson. Yeah, that, this is my problem with like the, with the Beatles. Now, I think it's in some ways it's my my problem and not theirs like how wonderful to have that diverse an output and how wild to put out a record mm. that is at once deeply serious and beautiful and silly yeah. and end of the peer yeah. and embodying yes, a, yeah. a time that none of us were alive during that none of us will experience in that way mm. but i'm also like if i want to listen to something that really captures things in that way and, and is silly, I'll listen to the Bonzo mm. Dog Doodah band, I won't listen to the right. Beatles. If I, yeah. What I want from the Beatles is the sort of sincere stuff. That's, that's a really interesting point, because like, I think we're going to be interviewing Kevin Eldon and Jem Roberts ah, send in my soon, love. Um, about a book that Jem Roberts has written about the Beatles and comedy. Oh, and I think wow. that is a really, a really interesting topic, because George Harrison, there's a quite qu- great quote in it, George Harrison in the book said it's serious and not serious at the same time, mm. which I think is so good. And I think that's a really interesting question is because there's so much mucking about and they're so informed by comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And they made comic films together. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's, it's weird. Like, how do you balance that with the sincerity? You know, like sometimes, 
yeah, sometimes I'm listening to the White Album of Sergeant Pepper and I will skip past the silly songs because, you know, I want to hear Sexy Sadie or something. Sure. Which is mm. also actually a bit silly, but is really beautiful, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you want to skip Rocky Raccoon to get yeah. to Julia, don't you? Fucking always. <laughs> it's so rare. I, what did I put on? I was playing my daughter. Uh, it's the White Album, isn't it? Blackbird. Is on it. Yeah. yeah, I was playing my daughter yeah. with the White Album just the other day, and it was really interesting seeing which ones she would perk up to and which ones mm. she wouldn't, because she likes Blackbird, uh, and was right. introduced to that via the film Boss Baby, um, <laughs> <laughs> where they sing that. It's a very good film, very uh, five yeah. stars across the board. But um, nice. it, it sort of, I felt really shamed by the fact that I hadn't really got round to playing her much music yet partly because she likes nursery rhymes and kids music yeah. and partly because well, you don't want to be one of those like people who's like you first of all it's in rainbows and i don't want to be like her favorite music sorry david bowie and the ramones i don't fucking want to be like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. i want to be like yeah. her favorite music is the wiggles she's two years old yeah yeah is yeah, she yeah, a little yeah. bit of yellow yeah. submarine or a bit of uh... she's not having that shit <laughs> right. that's what i said <laughs> nursery it didn't do me much Oh. I feel guilty <laughs> that there are certain uh, certain Beatles songs that I have real animosity towards. And yeah, let's have I think that's one. okay. I think that's mm. a really good thing to talk about because it's like not... One of the questions we ask is sort of like, what's your controversial Beatles opinion? But I think it's fine to say... I mean, even, you know, they would say some of those songs weren't very good. But still, mm. the Beatles, it's all part of the story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That you love so much, and also they're held up to a higher standard, aren't they? Like Mm. a duff, not even duff, but a song you don't love on an album is pretty common for most albums. Mm. But do you want an album to be just a selection of bangers, or do you want it to take you on some sort of, you know, journey around the houses of the? I tell you what, I want from an album as I've grown up is something that I'm asleep by the end of. (laughs) (laughs) I just want an album. I just want to like everything on it. And I want, yeah. I definitely want it to take me on a journey, but I don't want that journey to be, I'm only sleeping, finishing in the town. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck the town where you were born. You've just played me the most beautiful song that, mm. that the 60s have fucking heard. And then that shit. Oh, no. Hang on. And then we get here, there and everywhere. Like, are you high? Yeah. Yes, you literally yeah. are high. Like, yeah, yeah. you've got, right. Here, the, uh, when I, I'm only sleeping, here, mm. there and everywhere. Don't fucking... Beautiful. What are you doing? Putting that in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it be, would be weird on In Rainbows if they just it went into sort of Bob the Builder style yeah. children's yeah. song in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> always, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd have Yellow Submarine over Octopus's Garden. That's day. the other one. Those are the two. And, like, I, I at times in my life have espoused the theory that Ringo Starr is the best Beatle. And I've done it mainly to <laughs> yeah. piss off people who consider themselves <laughs> more serious people than me, which, <laughs> as a very sincere person, is a rare chance for me to mm. troll. Um, but also because up until Brexit, when he started being like, I love Brexit, peace and love, blech. And he also was like, don't write me any form of fan letters. And I was like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about his... I kind of blanked that out of my mind. I don't think he... Didn't he just say... Wasn't it something where, at the time... I think it was after the vote, maybe, he said, it's over, just get on with it. But then it would kind of... 
someone found the clip two years later, so it sounded like it sounded worse than it was. Maybe. Oh, okay. Was, yeah, I think that's what happened, but I might be wrong. Okay. I mean, millionaire expat becomes Brexit yeah. supporter <laughs> isn't exactly the most the like, surprising right. narrative. Yeah, yeah exactly. the Roger Daltrey. But I kind of almost, I mean, Roger Daltrey has sort of gone so mad. Oh, God. Not mad. Not mad. But like he's. I don't know. There's a sort of grudging admiration in the way that he's just off the deep end. Being, yeah, gone in the deep end. Yeah. He's committed to the bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think... I think John. We'd, we've often sort of theorised about what John's personal politics would be had he survived. I think he would probably be quite Brexity. I Do don't know. I've been thinking a lot about their class politics prior to this mm. because I saw a picture, or I think I was watching TV, and they went to the house that I think George Harrison grew up in. Fuck, they went to one of the Beatles' houses and I was like, hold on, you told me you were nice working-class lads. This house is nicer than any house I've ever lived in in my life. I think that there is a... a, I think it's like Ringo was the only working-class Beatle, really. So Auntie Mimi famously would be a bit dodgy about Paul coming round because he was a bit lower class and then George wasn't allowed to come in through the front door... And then I don't think she would have anything to do with Ringo. <laughs> really? So I think they go in that yeah. sort of order. So it's hard, though, because usually I would say, OK, if somebody's from a, a sort of lower economic background, I would trust more that they wouldn't go off the deep end. But you just never mm. know, especially when someone's <laughs> minted. So who yeah. knows how they would be. Yeah. I, I think about mm. that with John a lot. I do kind of think, would he... How would he have influenced the next kind of 20, 30 years? Yeah, it's so hard to think of because he was such a, he is such a huge cultural figure. Mm. I, I I think, I can't remember. If I, I mean, do you know John Deacon from Queen? Sure. The bass player. He's just, he, he's just given, I think it's so admirable to just say, no, I'm not having anything to do with Queen anymore. I just want to live my life and quietly, you know. I'd love it if John Lennon had done did, did that if he was. That's like, a thing called, that been... and this is why I used to have admiration for Ringo because I feel like there's a thing called "You won the game, game over," yeah. which is yeah. like I. Re- although to be fair, in the last few years, especially, I have so much love and respect for Paul McCartney, mm. uh, and actually, I don't really believe this anymore. But I think when I was younger, I was like, mate. The Beatles, unfortunately, you won the game straight out the traps. Game over, mate. Mm. No, don't be playing other games. You won the game, it's over. (laughs) When you win the game, it's over. You've completed the game. But, um, yeah, I do kind of... I don't know, maybe I'm just glad of him still being here so much. Yeah, I think that's definitely, I think, incredible to think. I don't know, like, whenever I watch old films, I've been watching a lot of Beatles films this week and I just you're watching them and it f- looks like such a long time ago yeah like was, I loved watching um I was watching Let It Be in the rooftop concert and there's a businessman out in the street saying I just think it's a bit of an imposition really they're playing up there disrupting <laughs> it's so great and it just seems like such a different era you know yeah. and to see Paul there and to think Paul's still here yeah. it's like magical really yeah, yeah. I think well and also that feeling of <laughs> I was talking with this about a friend that uh, talking about this with a friend where I was born in 1982, and that was mm. kind of 12 years after the yeah. Beatles called it a day, isn't it? That's the 1970s. Yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. then mm. that's 12 years, and now all you know the difference. So much more time it's has ins- passed. It's yeah. wild, yeah. you know. That I was so well, close yeah, to them, but- really. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's that kind of compressed time of the 60s as well. Mm. I was thinking, mm. like, Let It Be is five years after Hard Day's Night. <laughs> Which is fucking insane. I'm still wearing T-shirts I got five years ago. Wait, I'm still wearing T-shirts I got 25 years ago. Come on. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah, I I found my... Yeah, I literally I've got tins of beans (laughs) that are five years old. I haven't changed so graphically as a person between those five years. Yeah. And that's, I think, the sort of unrepeatable phenomena of that that band. I can't see anything else. I I made... uh, I've just been on holiday and I had... Made the decision to not do anything Beatlesy for a week because <laughs> I was getting quite worried about getting oversaturated from doing mm. this, which I absolutely love. But I was like, okay, I've had so many arguments with people about the Stones. I'm just going to listen to the Stones' whole <laughs> back catalogue until I can sort of bear it. And I got into mm. the sort of early 80s. But it's so interesting that, like, listening to all of that, as someone who has been around since then and until now, is that that mm. period is the same, like that the insane mm. amount of creativity. It wasn't really unique yeah. to the, the band as much as it was unique to that era. And although they mm. kind of went on a little bit longer, it's just crazy. Yeah. The late 60s is just the most prolific time for anyone creating mm. anything. I think that's true, but I also think that the things where those that progress has been so dramatic and so wild in recent decades have not been through music you know mm. like changes in cinema will be that pronounced perhaps yeah. kind of yeah in the 70s yeah. going into the 80s or uh, you, it changes in like de- design and computer game design it, it's like other yeah, worlds yeah. that have had those revolutions well, yeah, and, and, uh, and dance you know obviously dance music as well where it's just constantly evolving and it's never looking backwards and that's almost the whole purpose of of dance music, I sound like I'm about 800 years old. <laughs> dance music, dance? but you know yeah. what I mean, like, dance. but like, uh, it's it's constantly changing, and it's being led by, you know, audience response, people dancing to this, so it must be good, and this kind of e- evolution that's constantly mm. happening. And, well, I suppose know, a lot of that is people sort of evolving along with the technology, which is kind of what yeah. the Beatles did at yeah. the time. Yeah. Mm. Well, also just the mm. period in their lives. It's such a transformative period in sort of going from being 21 to 28 and, and also having mm. those opportunities to thrive under those circumstances. Yeah. It's wild. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey dave yeah randy since we founded bombas we've always said our socks underwear and t-shirts are super soft any new ideas maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy wait what i got it bombas absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated wow did we just write an ad yes Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
How so? Let's go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's so? Because I mean, I've I've always loved your taste in music and the way you write about music and things. Oh, and, thanks. You know, um, and you've got a you know you've got a lot of love for Bob Dylan and sort of classic and Stevie Wonder. I remember you wrote a brilliant tweet about how much you liked. Don't you worry about a thing by Stevie Wonder. Oh, the <laughs> my best. Favorite Stevie so Wonder funny. <laughs> but I know it's brilliant. Yeah, this is the thing. That song is both completely sincere and completely funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, where he's sort of doing that chat up thing at the yeah. start. You know, it's been yeah. very, very fluent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You almost can't remember the word for fluent, can you? It's very. Uh, yeah, it's great. But like, so as you're growing up and getting older, and. Was, how was the how did the Beatles fit into all that? Well, it was a kind of sort of music musical development and things. I guess I go I go away from them and I come back to them and I get yeah. Uh, right. And also, I suppose they allow a very deep and instant nostalgia that mm. I find really helpful. <laughs> like like Blackbird, yeah. like listen to Blackbird with my daughter, and like there are some songs that like if I try and sing them a bit, I'll just cry straight away. And that mm. is genuinely actually quite useful <laughs> to be able to access that. <laughs> right. Um, is that because of your memory of the listening to the songs or the songs themselves? Com- combinations of both. I think the songs mm. themselves, like to like to lead a better life, I need my love to be here. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Maybe, yeah. Like that song in particular, that's just one of my all-time favourites of theirs. Because yeah, it's his favourite, mm. I think, he says, doesn't he? Does he? Really? Paul says it's the best favourite song he's ever written. It's a beautiful song. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. But oh, also, wow. Revolver is an album that, like, is always... If somebody made me do a top ten list of albums, it would be in my top ten list of albums. I think it's mm. just stunning. Uh, yeah. So that's something that never really is too far away from... Yeah, it's one I can always go back to and always put on, I yeah. think, and listen to all the way through. And, yeah. 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 There, there is, even, even Yellow Apart Submarine. from Yellow Submarine, yeah. <laughs> it's, still, it's one of those records that feels like it's about 15 minutes long because it's such a joy yeah. to listen to. Yes! Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, yeah. the diversity just on that record is insane. Like, Tomorrow mm. Never Knows is a completely mm. different song to mm. the other two. It's like, it's just, it's a very it's a very cool record. I, I, was, I was in the pub the other night before I got the taxi back with the with the radio three on and they were playing she said she said and it was just god it just sounds so fresh and like just so contemporary and you know no wonder he was so annoyed that you put on radio three after that she said she said it is yeah it's quite like beach boysy to my mind i think that's Mm, what they were going for quite a lot on that record was that was during Mm. the sort of transatlantic back and forth between paul and Brian Wilson. Oh my god, of yeah. course. Well, someone yeah. someone made a. I think it's probably Ian McDonald again because that's the only reference point. But he makes <laughs> a good point of comparing here, there, and everywhere to "Don't Talk, Put Your Head on My Shoulder" being very similar moods. I don't even yeah. think I know that song. Isn't that sad? Hang on, I'm going to put it on. It's wow. some pet sounds. Oh, well, then of course I fucking know. Yeah. Sorry, I just haven't. Yeah. So John Higgs put together an amazing playlist of sort of obscure pool songs, not obscure pool songs, but kind of songs that show the range of Paul and maybe the absurdity that kind of gets overlooked and also just other kind of curios, but there's a live version of here today. Have you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he plays it every time he plays, I think pretty much. Right. But there's a a live version. It was recorded in Amoeba records, which is, Oh my God. It's 
very tear jerking. <laughs> it's incredible. But I will listen to that. That yeah. sounds thrilling. I was just looking. Also, I really yeah, like how he's great. curated the thread with, because when you look at the photos, you're like, oh my God, Paul McCartney's so cool. And he was so good looking and he's yeah. so nice. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that sort of late Beatles period, he's just every picture of him is like how can you be that photogenic that they're literally as the most photographed human on earth there's not one yeah. bad photo of you for like a four year but period. i will argue that ringo Starr yeah. was absolutely beautiful when he was young he had a stunning mm. face and a fine physique yeah. and, a, and a melancholy quality yeah. to him <laughs> One thing that we um, talk about quite a lot is this sort of favourite Beatle journey that people go on throughout their lives. So do you, have you had a journey of your favourite Beatle? Or yeah. You, so Most people, we, they start with Ringo and then they go John and then they go George and then they go No, Paul. I went John, totally. John for ages because John like, seemed cool. Then Ringo, mm. when I found out about John, <laughs> John's <laughs> personal life, and then... Uh, George, I guess, is what I would have told people, but now it really is Paul, mm. and it, I, and I, I'm not going to shift now. Like yeah. Ringo was fun, yeah. but the, the time to put away childish things has come. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to see Paul? No, I haven't. I, it's funny with that. Gosh, that is funny. I've never thought it was. This can sound so silly, but it's the same with Bob Dylan. I. I've never thought it's always seemed so at a distance from me. Isn't that mm. bizarre? Mm. Gosh, I really ought to. Yeah. I've never really been to see, apart from like people headlining at Glastonbury. I've never really been yeah, to yeah. see any kind of. I saw. I went to see like Elvis Costello is about the furthest back uh, in terms of like. Mm. Oh, I'd love to see him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, but it's, I suppose when you're seeing those legends, you know, when I've seen like Neil Young or The Who or whatever, it's almost like watching a tribute yeah. band of someone who's a bit mm. like what you want them to be. Whereas Paul is exactly what you want, it, want him to be. Right. Like. I tell you, I saw Richard Thompson a few years ago and that was like, uh, that was brilliant because his, it was, you'd got that sense where you're like, I'm watching a kind of living legend, but he was also doing such an interesting set. It was that 2000 years of popular music. Oh, uh, right. Which is really How good. long ago was that then? About 2,000 years ago. No, it was uh, <laughs> about 10, 15 years ago, I think. Yeah, it's hard it to see. Britney Spears. Oops, there I is a lot of um, responsibility. Uh, respons- there's a lot of pressure on it as, a, as an interaction, yeah. mm. and you want them to live up to what you want from them, and that is hard. Yeah, and for yeah. every Paul, there's going to be a Bob Dylan experience. Yeah, and... But the, the the best one I ever saw, actually, and probably is the way to do it if you're an absolute living legend, is uh, Glastonbury about 10 years ago, and Ray Davis just played the acoustic tent. Oh, wow, and he just yeah. played on his own with an acoustic guitar wow. and just played mm. every single hit. Wow. And yeah. it was just phenomenal. Everyone going absolutely crazy. J- Josie, did you ever see Jeff Mangum on the reunion Oh, I did, I did. I saw him at the Union Chapel Mm. and it was amazing. It was so, you know, they had the the trumpets and the bagpipe hidden at the back of the... Um, at the back of the church and they all came in and I cried. It was wonderful. Yeah, that was astonishing. That was one for me where it's like I'd been listening to that album for such a long time and knew it so intently. and, And then... 
you know, you, you, you thought he'd yeah. never play live again. So that was one where I thought that was, it was at ATP, I think, and he played solo and it was brilliant. And I also saw Neutral Milk Hotel oh, at wow. Green Man, the full band with, but I was with Ellis and Ellis kept on going on about how it, Oasis were better at Nebworth. Oh, <laughs> that's the <laughs> worst silly. thing I've ever heard. How dare he? But I really, I, I saw, yeah, I know, but I the sort of enjoyed, I enjoyed the night, but it was like, it was weird. Like, I remember just like thinking, this is the band I've sort of wanted to see for like 15 years, but I'm sort of having a more of a fun time because I'm, as Alice is being. <laughs> like I saw Ben and Sebastian playing If You're Feeling Sinister and I saw Gang of Four oh, playing yeah. right. that album. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. And I saw, um, yeah, I've seen, a f- oh, uh, yes, Entertainment. Uh, Entertainment. And then mm. I saw um, uh, My Bloody Valentine playing Loveless, I want to say. Why is it? I have no oh, yeah. recall anymore. And all of those were fantastic experiences. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you a band who I think are very unfairly maligned and derided and who are... Mm, Steps. The S5, (laughs) as I call them. Uh, No, Gomez. I think Gomez are really, really treated like a 90s novelty band. And actually, Mm. they're a great band. They released two albums that I will continue to defend until I am dead in the ground and Mm. probably other albums that I haven't really bothered seeking out. And they still play (laughs) together and they love to play together and they're still a great band to go and see. So there you go. I'd go and see that. I mean, I can't imagine. Is his voice oh, still his voice the same? is fucking incredible. Cause, cause he, he sounded like a, a 70-year-old man when he was 25. He, yeah, he was, so. it, but he looked like he'd sort of come to yeah. fix your computer. They're amazing. Yeah. I'm worried that even the way I'm talking about them in their defence is, is, is like patronising. <laughs> they're a fucking great band and they, no. they're not, no, they're they don't deserve good. to be treated like a heritage band is what I mean. They were probably a bit ahead of their time with their sort of like sort of nerd cheek. Yeah, it was a bit very out of kilter with the kind of post like late oh completely and I, what i loved about mm. them a bit and i think one of the reasons they're still really successful in america and it's because they were these guys in like matlock bath playing like they were in nevada you know or like in new mexico <laughs> yeah. and i i think it's one of the reasons yeah. i really liked to listen to them as a teenager was because i was like this feels like it's in a completely different place Mm. Yeah, sorry. I know this isn't yeah. a Gomez podcast, That's but cool. just another, just no, another no, five Gomez minutes. <laughs> I remember getting really told off at school uh, for saying that I thought he sounded really cool because he sounded like he drank a bottle of whiskey and smoked forty fags a day. And then yeah. a teacher went, "That's cool, is it?" Trying to make me feel like a dick in front of the whole class. Yes, I do think that is quite cool. I'm 14. Were you going to go to Glastonbury this year? Yeah, I was. So that way you would have seen Paul Mm. then. Was Paul McCartney headlining? Yeah, Yeah, he was headlining on the. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I would have 100% gone to seeing him and it would have been wonderful. Oh my God. And I would have had a great time. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, he is doing it next year, so... Yeah. God, I hope yeah, I can. Just make sure you get on the <laughs> Yeah, but do you know what happened? I um, uh, I tend to be put on clashing with the thing I'm most interested mm. in. And not only is it bad for my audience, because my audience... I, if I was m- my number one fan, I wouldn't choose me over, <laughs> like, 
Paul Simon playing Graceland <laughs> or like fucking Bella Sebastian, you know, yeah. all bands that I love. And like, I have clashed with some of the greatest Glastonbury sets of all time. Yeah, I think we did mm. that when I played at Gravenhurst at Glastonbury. We played, oh, it was the same time as Bjork. So I've never seen Bjork. That's annoying. Uh, and uh, we also, with Jan, it. we played at Coachella once and it was the. Oh wow! Yeah, that was that was fun, but it's weird. It sort of felt like we because we were just there for one day, sort of in and out. It felt like you were kind of a tourist there. You felt like you weren't really at the festival, kind of thing. But yeah, I've done a number of music festivals like yeah. that, and you, yeah, you feel like you're being airlifted. Yeah, in and out. it's really weird. But then um, I think it was one of, the, one of the first pavement reunion tours. I was hoping to catch them, but then we just came off, and you could just hear them doing ending cut your hair which was like their last song <laughs> brutal, just, brutal. Just floating over the mm. yeah god i got such bad luck playing a coachella <laughs> so a lot of Beatles songs I came to because I had a friend called Jess, but she used to make me mixtapes and they were oh, yeah. so good. Mm. I remember her putting Day Tripper on and it sort of would put the Beatles alongside like Riot Girl stuff and Beatles right. alongside kind of like 90s mm. weirdness. And yeah, yeah. I liked that being a part of it because it's kind of like made them seem really relevant and contemporary always yeah that's true i think i I was thinking about that because i was trying to remember when i last saw help and i realized it was like when i was in my school the band i was in at school and it was like you know we'd be listening to metallica or doing nirvana covers and then watching help like it was all part of the (laughs) same thing like yeah i think it was probably because anthology was on tv so it was just like yeah I was really into that and really into Gorky's and it all fitted together somehow. Like, I remember... Oh, yeah, Gorky's and the Beatles, like, yeah. completely. Because mm. I, I lived in Bristol, we could pick up S4C. And on S4C one night, there was, like, an hour of Gorky's. This, I think it was called Banana. I can't remember. But it was an hour of, like, their music videos and stuff. And, like, we just had... So, basically, we only had the one... I can't remember why, but I had, basically I had to inflict it on my dad because it was like the only TV. And like, so my, my dad was forced to watch an hour of Gorky's just total random weirdness in Welsh. And at the end he said, I think John Lennon would have liked it. Which was really nice. <laughs> but yeah, you, Gorky's definitely was, part, was all part of it for me, that kind of getting into the Beatles and kind of, it felt like they were in touch with that kind of thing. And I was listening to Back in the USSR, which my daughter absolutely loved mm. like and started like just dancing like that too <laughs> like an old man like Chaz and dave dance <laughs> um and i was thinking about charmless man by blur you know the potato oh, yeah. together yeah, and that's just yeah. stolen off of back in the ussr um, and i was like oh yeah so much blur mm. particularly that album is just like Full mm. rip off of the Beatles. That's interesting. Yeah. Especially his guitar parts as well. I think he's very, he's got exactly the same ethos, Graham Coxon, as George Harrison, in that he's the sort of unshowy, but playing like really sort of complicated and technically impressive stuff that mm. just is so like sort of textural. Um, yeah. Without him, mm. he's the lead guitarist, but he very rarely, you know, steps up to the front of the stage and goes mad yeah. but at the same time you always know that 
he's the sort of best bit in a way, in a lot of it. Mm. I'm a big fan of his. And he's also in that Beatles cover band, isn't he? The, oh, he's right. with the bloke Is from... Isn't it him and the bloke and um, Matt Bellamy from Muse? And, <laughs> Is he? Yeah, they're called like the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely... It's like a pun on Sergeant Pepper. Really? And they, they're that, like yeah. a sort of super group and they do like the occasional festival. <laughs> theories about the Beatles where you're like John and Paul were tempering figures to one another and yin and yang do you believe all that shit? I don't believe it in a sort of spiritual way but definitely that's the balance of, that makes that writing relationship so good mm. I think they are in a way polar opposites that somehow manage to be complementary I do think is... there's something yeah that's sorry, I interrupted you. So no, then, do you feel yeah. as if their solo stuff is like the porridge that's too hot and the porridge that's too cold? <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, there is definitely stuff that could deal with a little bit of, or they are mainly just even if he had written in the same room as John, and he'd be like, "Don't write that; it's ridiculous." <laughs> 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 I think what's amazing about the Beatles' run is that they didn't have a bit where they kind of dropped the no. ball really you know they got out and so there well, is a kind of, people more. they won yeah so mm. there's a kind of like it was something that's magic about that time like imagine like you know you're getting in the studio for let it be and you think oh god not another album and, and then paul comes in with the song let it be it's like <laughs> are you fucking insane you know it's like i've only had about three months off you know this yeah. is like it yeah, it's, it's magical, mm. I think, that's about that mm. them being together. There's something but that's the joy of getting out when, you know, exactly like you say, leaving people wanting more. Mm. And it allows yeah. us to just com- spend decades going on about whether that was the right thing or what would have happened <laughs> afterwards. And, Which is so much better know. than spending decades being like, and then, of course, there was the five years they did this. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That one, look at, yeah. you know, the fucking Rolling wow. Stones. <laughs> yeah, still waiting for them to top uh, Beggar's mm. Banquet. Might still happen. I've, I was listening to the Stones because I was teaching Sweet Virginia. Do you know that song? I'm sure mm. I know. That's good. But with all this, I mean, I love the Stones. With like, I don't know, it's, it's all about uh, um, kind of, it's about a, a posture and of and a creating a a, a a mood more than like song craft. Yes, you yes. Know what I mean, yeah. yeah, completely. Which is great. Like I love it. But, well, it's you know, why they it, work really but... well as film and TV score. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. I think the thing is with that comparison is that people are so desperate to have some kind of metric with which you measure what the Beatles was, and mm. they were just the closest thing to hand. But actually, mm. because it's a complete disservice to both of them to compare them, because yeah. they're so different. And mm. it's always going to, like, A, they're completely incomparable, <laughs> because mm. the Beatles are just miles ahead of them. And B, they're just, you know, they're not trying to be what the Beatles were. And they didn't become great until they stopped trying to be the Beatles and realised that they mm. were really fucking good at being the Stones. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that's true. <laughs>
that was Josie Long, and that was a really lovely episode. I enjoyed chatting to Josie a lot. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had a few technical issues there, so uh, apologies if the audio quality isn't quite up to standard, but we got there in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the quality of the content more than makes up for it. It was really, <laughs> really fun. Uh, yeah, I really great. enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, I liked you. Thank you so much to Josie for joining us. Um, that was Wicked. We'll be back next week with uh, another really, really funny episode that we recorded uh, our first IRL recording that we did a few weeks ago with uh, Darren Jono Johnson from Sheeps, who are a comedy trio that he is in with Liam Williams and uh, Al Roberts, and they are fantastically funny. He's a Mm. massive Beatles fan, a massive music fan, a musician himself, and that was, yeah, one of my favourite ones we've done. It was great. A few cans were drunk, and yeah, it was (laughs) a very, very enjoyable chat. We talked a lot about heavy metal and Only Fools and Horses. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of favourite Beatle chat. And, yeah. um, you know, it was a good mix between the sort of... I mean, he's a big fan, so it was a good mix between the sort of nerdy and the tangential and the personal. Yeah, yeah. Which is what we're after. Yeah, it's great. Um, so that's a great one. If you want to do a little bit of research, then uh, you can look up a lot of cheap stuff on the internet. They really are one of the best sort of acts on the comedy circuit. Mm. And fingers crossed we might be able to get Al in at some point, because that would be good too. Yeah, hoping mm. so, hoping yeah. so. Mm. Um, so thank you so much for listening. If you got this far, please do give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. As we said at the top of the show, it really does help and it's really, really appreciated. Uh, and if you want to contribute to the show, you can go to personalbeatles.com forward slash donate. We'll be back next Tuesday with Jono. Your Own Personal Beatles is presented by Jack Pelling and Robin Allender. The podcast artwork is done by Morgan Ritchie. It's produced by me, Jack Pelling, and is a Homespun Sounds production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.